Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Hot and Messy Podcast. We are your hosts, Jason Durrant and Adam Newell. I am so excited for today's show. Just like I am every show, I get so excited with these shows because we have such dynamic guests coming on. And today we have senior TV reporter from page six, Evan Reel, to share all about his career, how leaks get leaked to these publications, how how things get get out, how leaks get leaked. Yeah, how leaks get leaked (laughs) into these publications, how they vet them. I mean, we have such a big conversation today. You know, I don't know what I'm enjoying more is these conversations that are, you know, they're interesting. I feel like I'm learning a lot, especially like you said, with Evan explaining to us how things do get leaked and how they vet their sources, which, of course, I'm super interested in considering what we do on YouTube and stuff. But I don't know what's more interesting to me, these conversations or how excited and passionate you get about podcasting. Because when we talk about YouTube or go on YouTube, you're like, oh, fuck. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, Jason, get it together, girl. Do you need coffee? What do you need? And I then feel when like it's a this podcast, is a, you know what, what YouTube is to me. YouTube is a stage and you have to be on the stage and you have to perform on the stage. Podcasting is like a quiet room in the corner where you can have a real conversation, where you can get a little unfiltered, where it's just, I don't know. I feel so much more freedom talking into this mic. It's so weird. I know. I feel like you feel calm, but I feel like, oh, Earth, bitch, I'm a performing seal, so I'm all about YouTube. Okay, that was a seal sound. I thought that, that was a dog. No, Earth, Earth. Okay, what's I, Earth? Is, is that did, no? Don't, they don't make Earth. Yes, Jason, they do. But with what, that, in what guys, language? It's seal language. Okay, I'm not here. Oh, okay, I'm not Eliza <laughs> Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries. But with that, guys, we have an incredible incredible episode for you today, especially again with our guest and our bitch session at the end. So before we jump in, you guys know what we're going to ask of you. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, it's free. Drop us a rating and a review. It helps us in this podcasting world algorithm or whatever they call it. I don't know. I'm used to YouTube, but it does help. And I do know that. And guys, don't forget to follow us so you don't miss an episode. We have a lot of great guests coming up. A lot of Like I said, dynamic guests with great conversation. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast. We are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, anywhere you can think of. How do you remember all of that? I I don't know. I don't know. I've trained myself. Okay. With that, can we jump right in? Let's jump right in with Evan. All right, guys. Today on the show, we have Evan Real, who is the senior TV reporter from Page Six. Evan, we're so excited to have you today. Welcome and thanks for being here. Oh my God, thank you. No, it is an honor. I think what you're doing is incredible. The podcast is so good, so juicy. You guys always spill the best tea, the best energy too. I I love your energy. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. My gosh, I do have to say to Evan, when we first thought about doing the podcast, because our platform really is YouTube. So kind of navigating over there, we listed off our first five guests that we wanted and you were on the list. So the fact that you even accepted and said, yes, I'll come on. I was like, yes. Oh my God. Oh my, that really means a lot to me. Thank you. I feel honored to be among the top five. Oh my. Hey, listen, we're not telling number six, seven, eight, nine, or 10 that they're (laughs) in the top 10 because we did not think of them first. (laughs) So we we at least want to get our top five in here. Um, Evan, I wanted to start because I think you have such a unique and interesting career, especially in entertainment. But I just wanted to give us and our audience a little background of who you are, where you started, and what brought you to being the senior TV reporter at Page Six. Because I know you have a lot on your resume from Us Weekly to uh, Hollywood Life to the Hollywood Reporter. I mean, just we're everything. stalking your LinkedIn. Yeah, we're oh, stalking yeah, right now. No, I I have been around the block. Like I I've been everywhere. Um, I mean, basically, I started when I was like 19. My first gig ever. I was a little baby intern at 
OK Magazine. And that was like, that was in that weird transitional period when it was, so it was 2010. So like we were a few years after the like Lindsay, Britney, Paris of it all. And we were like entering the teen mom, housewives, Kardashian world. And so I kind of like came in at that time. And I, I've always loved The Real Housewives um, ever since like Orange County premiered in 2006. But coming into this career when like the magazines like started covering it, I be like my obsession just amplified. Um, and so ever since then, like pretty much every outlet I've been at from like life and style and in touch to Hollywood life and us weekly with the exception of the Hollywood reporter, like housewives and Bravo and reality TV has just kind of like been my beat. It's like the, the world that I live in. Um, when you show up to a new job, like say if after this you went to, a different media outlet other than page six do you show up and you're like housewives housewives or i'm out like i mean that's how i would like to approach it because that's what I, I do love to cover but it was kind of like an adjustment when i did go to the hollywood reporter i had a boss who kind of i, I used to work with her she was like one of my mentors and she was with me at life and sound in touch and she was a big housewives person and she introduced me to like a lot of my housewives relationships that i have today are because of her jackie strauss she's amazing but she was also very much into like the whole scripted of it all and like a thr was kind of like like her like her dream and so she went there and then she brought me over and so when i started she kind of like gave me the heads up like we don't really do reality like we cover the bachelor here and there but you're gonna have to start like dipping your toes into other things so it was definitely a, an experience where I grew a lot because I was kind of like forced to get into other stuff and like watch a few scripted shows here and there but I really enjoyed it I, I covered like a lot of things that like were like glittery and fun and gay like I covered Pose which was really fun and really cool um, but then I got laid off during COVID and I found myself back in this reality TV world at page six. And honestly, I'm really grateful. I'm loving it here. It's a lot of fun. Sorry, I just want to say, I feel like we can kind of understand what you're talking about with that. Because when we do YouTube, it's so Bravo focused. And then what happens is you build this community and then we'll get other amazing interviews from people who are like on Bling Empire or Netflix or Apple TV. And then when we put them on the tube, it's like no, this is not Bravo. We're not responding to this. So that's why we wanted to do the podcast too. I mean, there, there will be like little tidbits of Bravo here and there, but we really wanted to branch out. So it's kind of exactly like what you just said. Yeah, it's it's good to expand your horizons. And yeah, for sure. I, and that that's really interesting. And I'm sure that'll be super successful on, on the podcast because... Yeah, for, for whatever reason, like the, the Bravo fandom, it's so... Um, Culty. Yes. Like yeah. Bachelor sure. Nation. Yes. Oh my God. I worked for Bachelor Nation for, for like 10 months in between uh, THR and um, page six. And that was a fun time. Let me tell you, it was, oh, during I can't the, even imagine. <laughs> it was during the whole Matt James, Chris Harrison racism scandal oh, drama situation. Wow. So I was creating content for bachelornation.com. And so it was not not a fun position <laughs> to be in. Yeah, that would have been wild. No, especially at that you guys time. Bachelor fans? I um, listen. I was like a. I never really got into it, but the the season I did watch, Adam. I do you remember we watched it? We watched the Hannah Brown season. Yes, oh, and I, I freaking loved it. I thought she was a great bachelorette. I loved all the guys were like you know, pretty good looking. Oh. And then we went into a really good bachelor in paradise. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a this... really good era. The like Colton to Hannah to that season of bachelor in paradise. I yeah. agree. I yeah. was really into that. I, I took a break after Matt James because I was so traumatized. And then I just recently watched this recent bachelorette season with the two girls, Gabby and Rachel. And I am like obsessed with Gabby. So I also just like the bachelorette because it's like, you have this like one queen. Well, in this case it was two, but like this, like one girl typically to focus on and then like a bunch of hot guys. So it's, it's kind of like a gay fantasy. That's you know, fantastic. Obsess over one girl and then obsess over all these hot dudes. <laughs> you know, I wanted to kind of say to, or ask you, because since we're going over, you know, THR and bachelor nation and page six and everywhere in between i feel like your resume is like a scroll you've had so many incredible interviews and i love watching your interviews on page six who do you think along this entire journey of your career who would you say would be your most favorite interview that's that's really tough and thank you for the sweet words that really means a lot um i try i like i honestly i feel like the answer like changes a lot like of course like i love 
all my housewives and like of course like the like the the ones that I feel like friendly with like like I don't know um I'm trying to like yeah I don't want to like disclude anyone but yeah a bunch of like housewives besties of course I always loved talking to them but when I like look back on like everyone I've interviewed like at THR especially like I interviewed like Robert De Niro and Madonna and like all these all these crazy icons because the access at THR was just like incredible everyone wants to talk to you I was like turning people down I was like oh I don't have the time like it was a really weird spot to be in but an amazing spot to be in so yeah like Robert De Niro Madonna um at the time I interviewed Jamie Lynn Spears which was really cool to me because I am a diehard Britney fan I I worship the ground that Britney walks on and so just talking to Jamie Lynn was so exciting but that I I just want to say that this was before free Britney and before we knew how Britney felt about Jamie Lynn so my thoughts and feelings about that whole situation have uh, definitely changed so yeah Jamie Lynn also uh, Paris Hilton uh, she is always so much fun to interview. I've, I've interviewed her a few times, but I did a, like a really big interview with her when I was at The Hollywood Reporter, and it was just a wonderful experience. My mom, it was like an in-person interview for the Tribeca Film Festival. She had a documentary there at the time. And my mom, who like has always supported my like obsession and fascination with pop culture and like becomes fans of like Britney and Paris herself, she was there with me. She was visiting New York City where I lived at the time. And Paris was so cool with her. She like basically asked my mom if she wanted to do like a, like this like selfie photo shoot. So we like we were like taking photos like me, my mom and Paris. And then she was like, let's go outside. Better lighting, babe. And so like we went outside like a whole photo shoot. And then at the end of it, she'd like opens her purse and pulls out a bottle of perfume like an unopened like box with like one of her perfumes in it and like gives it to my mom oh my god i think so paris will always hold a special place in my heart adam's too i think that's like adam's dream it's a paris hilton interview oh my gosh i would die for a pair i did an interview with kathy but kathy I mean, um, well, Kathy birthed Paris, so this is. Well, still, she made you I, an been, honorary Hilton, and I have to listen yes. to listen about it every day. She oh did God, every day. We were talking, and by the end of the interview, uh, she said to me, "She's like, oh my gosh, I just realized your name's Adam. It starts with an A. I have Baron and Conrad A B C. And I was like, I don't know what we're talking about, but <laughs> yes, this is great. A B C. Also, you really got the cadence of her voice down. Yeah. Oh, she. I, after she first premiered or came onto the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I started talking to Jason, and I'd be like, you know, I want to. Um, yeah, you know. And then after that, probably, and he's like, stop, stop. <laughs> We're not doing that. But yeah, we got to finish a sentence. Yeah, I can't guess that. what you're saying all the time. Um, I have a question for you, just because you've been around the industry for so long, and Page Six covers a lot. Do you think since the time of like, like you know, Britney? and Lindsay, and when everyone clicked on Perez Hilton all the time, and that was the place to go and find out, you know, I was obsessed with it for a minute. But do you think since then until now, reality stars, especially Real Housewives, have become almost as interesting or important to cover and talk about as A-list celebrities? I mean, they're our main source of traffic, the Real Housewives. Like that, like I, it's, it's very important for, for the page six audience but yeah i mean like reality stars are royalty now i mean obviously like kim kardashian sits there at the top but i i think the housewives are just a few pegs beneath her isn't that insane that it's it's just wild it's crazy to me to see all these uh, like a-list celebrities talk about their favorite housewife scenes or you know you watch them come on watch what happens live watching jennifer lawrence talk about Beverly Hills and, and Erica Jane just recently uh, listening Rihanna. to Anthony Hopkins in a in a interview say that one of his favorite things to do is watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It just it just Wait, I did not turn. catch that about Anthony Hopkins, but that is amazing. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And then also like Jessica Chastain posted that selfie the other day where she was like, "Today's a day for just like staying home and watching Housewives." It's it's insane like the popularity and the reach that these women have and then also um jennifer lawrence and erica jane like feuding yeah you know, I, <laughs> this is gold for you right oh oh my god that, that couldn't have been a better page six headline i was not expecting erica to come for jennifer i was like she's gonna react in some way but i thought she was gonna have a softer response because to me i would think that erica even though like 
J-Law was pretty rude uh, talking about her, that she would want to not have beef with someone so A-listy and, and someone so like, you know, like Oscar adjacent and, and whatever. Um, but I was shocked, surprised and delighted by her response. I mean, I feel like I would take the Garcelle approach and have Julia Roberts try to hook me up with a man as opposed to taking the Erica approach and being like, well, I would love to know what's in her closet too. And it's like, right. whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I know. I, also, Julia Roberts was out there on the carpet talking about how she wants to find a boyfriend for Garcelle. Like, the fact that Julia Roberts was even, like, tapped in and, and clued in is just, it's, it's really incredible. It's wild. It, it's crazy to me that just to see the intertwining of, of A-list Hollywood, you know, kind of mix in with reality television, Real Housewives. We never thought this day would come. Yeah. And then I have another question for you. Through your time at all of these different media outlets, do you feel, because we always get that sort of drama on one of the housewife shows, like that kind of iconic feud of somebody leaks something to the press, puppy gate or whatever it is. In your experience, do housewives or have you seen housewives or other reality stars try to leak stuff out there in order to, well, one, have it public, but then two, it becomes now a storyline that they get to address on the show. Have you seen this? Yes and no. Like, it's never as black and white as it's depicted on the shows. Like, I, like I would say for the most part, information comes to us through multiple channels. And so, like, say, like, if you hear more of a housewives side of the story, we have to check in with everyone's publicists and reps and run information by them. And so there's a lot of like fact checking that goes into it. So I think that there's like um kind of like a disconnection. Like like we're we're doing our best to get the most accurate reporting. And sometimes that involves getting in touch with these women directly or their reps. So then you know information is passed on that way to us so that we can include it in the story. I do think that sometimes, and I don't know this for certain, you know, we receive information through different channels and, you know, sometimes you can kind of put two and two together and, you know, figure it out like, oh, I think that information made its way to me through that girl, you know? So I don't know. We, so, and that's why we have to be like, (laughs) just smart as reporters and you know make sure we're not reporting something that's like one-sided or just what this chick wants to put out there versus what this girl wants to put out there so yeah it is it's it's like um not difficult but it's like an interesting situation to be in when there are like active feuds at play and like someone wants this out there and someone wants that out there and you just kind of have to like figure out where the story actually makes sense and is accurate so i don't know if any of that made sense but no it does it does very much what i'm trying to say is it's not like i like lisa vanderpump isn't like calling me to like talk shit about dorit and put like i mean i know that was radar online but like it's not it's never like that like like explicit right no and the, the reason i ask is because page six again huge and for me i feel like every once in a while jason and i will be out and we're randomly going to dinner or something and my phone is going off the hook and it's on instagram or something or somebody texting me and it's like i have something for you and i'm like oh so you want me to do your dirty work you want me to put this out there okay so what's going on and then when things come out it's exactly what you said it's like oh wait you wanted me to put out this like sort of smear campaign, but really there's this whole other side of the story over here that you failed to mention. Yeah, it's messy. It's almost like its own reality show behind the scenes. <laughs> right. I have to I have to try to disassociate myself sometimes with that too. But now speaking of housewives, you're going to BravoCon. Yes. You're moderating. Yes. Which is huge. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really excited about it. I was like, I was kind of I I was hopeful that they would ask me back but you know the first time when I moderated it was the producer panels and it was when I was at the Hollywood Reporter so I had like a little bit more prestige there and you know, I don't want to sell myself short at page 6 but it's you know page 6 and the Hollywood Reporter are just like vastly different publications and because I know like sometimes page six is almost like a secondary character on some of these franchises I was like will they ask me back I don't know but they did and I was like really grateful and really happy like I do have like a good relationship with like all the Bravo reps and stuff and like for me like I'm a positive guy I'm not like I'm not messy I'm not 
I'm not dirty. I don't ask nasty questions. So I, I think that there's like a level of trust that they have with me, but they put me with the Jersey boys, which is exciting because they're so much fun and they're also hot and I have crushes on all of them. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I can't, I can't wait for this that. This is going to be the panel to go to. I feel like this is just, when I read that that's who you were going to be with, I was like, this is going to be good. It's happening at the same time as Beverly Hills. So I'm like, who is actually going to come to my <laughs> The smart ones. You know, I don't know. I just, I thought that was crazy. It's so, it's so wild that there is like so much to be consumed by Bravo fans that like, there's there was even a possibility that the, like these two like big tentpole panels were happening at the same time. It's like, I don't know, like, uh, how could you choose if you were just a fan? No, see, I would have put like Southern Charm, that panel on next to like Beverly Hills or, you know, like next to Jersey or something, because you're right. It's like they have two huge fandoms behind them. So that that will be interesting. But Emily D. Baker and I will be at your panel. Don't worry. We're going to come okay. support. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yes. What are you looking forward to asking them the most? I don't want to like go ahead and yeah, you you know, ruin, ruin this for you. But I mean, what <sighs> what from the husbands are you looking to, to, I think to find out? To you know, I'm looking forward to like getting a sense of their current relationships, like among the men, as there's so much discord within the group of women currently. Um, like how do they how do they maintain those friendships? I mean, I know like guys, especially straight guys, they're just they have they have an easier way of like just forgetting shit. Um, I am not like that all the time. So <laughs> I just I just, like need to learn from them. Um, I do also want to ask them why. Um, I mean, I think I kind of know the answer, but Louis is not participating in the panel. So Oh, I was going to ask you, will wow. he be there? But that's obvious that yeah. So yeah, it's everyone except for Louis. And oh, do you know what? I was kind of disappointed. I was disappointed that they didn't include Polly, Dolores's new guy, because I am obsessed with him. I love him so much. And I know he's going to be on the next season. So I'm I'm sad that he is not part of it. That's probably because we haven't seen him yet, but he really is. He's such a sweet guy. I, I've had him reach out to me a couple of times saying, I heard you were talking about my Dolores and I saw the videos and thank you for being so kind. And I'm like, what? This is so random. I know he's so sweet. He like always puts in like that extra effort to send like a sweet note or something. Like he'll like respond to like my my gym selfies and be like, "Great work, man!" And I'm like, "Yes, I do it for you, Polly." Yeah, <laughs> like, thank you so much. Yeah, I really hope this works out for Dolores too. She des deserves nothing but the best. She has her best friend with Frank, you know. But it'd be nice to see her to have a a nice relationship really work out, especially for us as viewers. On the show, okay. I them selfishly. I feel like everyone's really rooting for Dolores. I agree with that in all ways. Like I'm also rooting for her to adopt me. <laughs> I mean, for us because we know you're a busy guy. I am curious for anybody who's listening because when I first, I mean, my story is a little bit different. I got inspired to kind of go into broadcasting based off of Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, which was a Martin Lawrence movie. <laughs> Obviously, there's that kind of that spark in all of us that made us want to do what we're doing. For any person out there listening who's inspired by your story and your come up, what advice would you give to them? I guess like, I don't know, this is like probably like lame cliche advice, but just like keep going. Like I have been doing this for so long and I feel like I feel like right now, like more than 10 years into it, I, this is actually probably like really disheartening for anyone listening, but I feel like I'm like finally like hitting my stride like at, especially at page six i just kind of feel like a lot of doors have been opening up for me recently like i have a podcast over there now i'm like I, I, like i do a lot of like video stuff i'm like asked to do like moderating like moderating gigs here and there um and i like finally feel like i'm like entering my like my era um and it's like taken a while and it's like some places that also you're not going to like love every job you have in, in this industry. Like you're going to have to do like crappy things that you really don't want to do. And I'm not going to like call out the specific publications that weren't wonderful <laughs> experiences, but some of them weren't, but I got through it. So, so just know that things will always get better. If you follow your heart, always do the right thing. You're nice to people. Like the best outcome will present itself. Just like, Work hard and be a good person, I guess. That was super positive. I tried. Positivity is missing, especially in some of this side of the industry, for sure. 
just to piggyback off of that, what has been the biggest hurdle you've had? Mm, the biggest hurdle, I think just like at certain places, I've like really had to advocate for myself. So like, I'll share the story because I don't give a fuck. So basically <laughs> at the Hollywood Reporter, which I loved, it was a fantastic experience, like for the most part, actually for like 98% of it. I'm I'm literally talking about the 2%. That sucked. So not only do I love Bravo, but I love k-pop i'm like a huge k-pop stan like massively obsessed with bts blackpink like all the groups and so when i was at the hollywood reporter it was kind of like when bts was like having their like massive massive like come up in the in the u.s and i had been in touch with the reps for bts i like covered a bunch of their shows i wrote about them for the website and finally i just developed this relationship with their reps they're like hey like what do you think about a hollywood reporter cover story with bts and like, I had never written a cover story. I, I've only ever written one cover story and it was a teen mom cover story for in touch weekly, like 10 years ago. So it I was due and I was excited about the possibility of not only writing a cover story, but like doing it about BTS, something I was so passionate about. So I bring the idea to like the top editors, the editor in chief, who's no longer there. And they were excited about it. And then behind my back, gave it to another writer who was this like old white dude completely out of touch with the the k-pop fandom they sent him to korea to interview bts and do the story and when i found out i like raised concerns i was like look like i know i am a white dude too but at least i'm like a few years younger and more in touch with like the k-pop fandom so he goes there interviews them files the story the story comes out it is so like xenophobic it is so like there were like racist undertones to some of the stuff that he wrote and he like it, it was just a big massive fail the the reps were upset the the bts army was upset and as much as i hated that there was this like shitty piece written about bts it was almost like vindication like you should have sent me yeah, why Anyways. wouldn't you send somebody who's actually like passionate about it and getting excited? I know, it was so crazy. And so I I was really hurt and I was really upset, but I think maybe after that experience what I learned is that like I probably should have like been more communicative and advocated for myself even harder. So like if you really feel like it's like you're the person to do the job, like always push for that because it like I'm still salty about it if you can't. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you though. It's it's like that just keep trucking and also believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, then who the hell is going to believe in yeah, you? Yeah, who else is going to believe in you? Yeah. That's why when Jason tells me I can't do something, I just shut the door and I'm like... Okay, okay well, singing and me. dancing are definitely two things that you well, are not count. the best at. <laughs> Wait, what are your signs? Cancer and oh, cancer. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. You're like the Vanderpump Rules cast. They are all cancers. Oh my gosh. So they... <laughs> like emotional mess? Oh, I was going to say, you know this because you came to Spilling Tea Live LA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, for, I totally... I mean, that whole thing felt like such a blur because... That I, was I, such a fun show. That was a really cool tour. I was really, really impressed. I thank you. I honestly just remember seeing like blurry because when we were getting ready to go on stage, I told Zach, I was like, I can't do it. And he like gave me a shot and he's like, no, bitch, you're going. And then the music started playing and I was like, fuck, I got to go. And I ran up there and I was like, oh, I can't see any of you guys. So I'm not as nervous about this. Yeah. This was okay. But no, thank you. Totally. Thank you for coming. That was awesome. Yeah, it was and really important. Really and you did a page six piece on it. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what. Oh, it was about Tom Schwartz and the ring. Yes. Um, and why was he wearing it or not wearing? It? He was still wearing it. He was still, he wearing, was still it. wearing it. Yep. They literally mooned the audience. They <laughs> spilt their whiskey all over the bar. It was great. Great. Those <laughs> guys are wild. Are you doing the Tom Sandoval concert on Saturday night at BravoCon? Are you guys going to that? Oh, I didn't even know. No. So we've been talking to some of the Salt Lake uh, City women. We've been talking to some of the um Beverly Hills women and OC. We're trying to figure out, and even below deck people, we know that there's so many parties and events happening. We're just trying to figure out which ones are we picking. So I might text you and just piggyback and see like where are we go. Yeah, what no, is... it's 
It's yeah, so- where are you going? Maybe that's the safe the, the safe thing to do. We'll text you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I I'm going to that. It's it's like a, it's called Bravo After Dark. It's like part it's like part of BravoCon. And I guess Tom Sandoval is performing and there's like other stuff happening that I forget what it is, but basically it's Tom Sandoval concert, which I've I've been to two of them before, so I know it. Isn't that crazy? You know, when he first came out with this idea, this like covered man idea, I was kind of like, okay, dude, really? And then I've watched stuff on social media. I'm like, damn, all right. I would go. They're like like a lot of fun. Yeah, they're like doing their thing. And like, honestly, like anytime I've talked to him about it, he always says like, no one really cares to hear an original Tom Sandoval song. So like, they just like want to come out and like hear their favorite songs from like the 90s, which I guess he has a point. But he, he, the last concert I was at, he he performed like an original song. It was actually really good. So he could be the next Sheena Shea. He's like, I've, I've got you guys in here. So now I'm still going to put in my own music because now that you guys didn't come here for that, it, it's like, a, it's like a little sneak piece, but no, I agree with that. I think that, you know, for the longest time and now, because I worked at Sir, Jason worked at pump. I worked at Tom, Tom. And for the longest time I would see some of the different reality stars. And I'm like, you've been on the show for seasons. Like you have so much reach go make a business, do something, get, get out. Like reality TV will eventually, this will end and your paychecks will stop. So we have to like, I'm always thinking business. Like, so what are we doing? What are we doing to make more? A great mindset to have with that's So interesting. I, I feel like I knew that you worked at sir. I didn't, or you worked at pump and you, how did that time working there impact your current relationships with the cast that you become friends there or only after you started like podcasting and YouTubing? Oh, so we're the ones asking the questions here, but no, no I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. So I actually, when I first moved out here, um, it was during season one of Vanderpump Rules. I started working at Sir, and because the first person I was walking down Sunset Boulevard and I had like a list of resumes, a stack of resumes. And I was getting so defeated because I didn't know what a cover photo was. So I had to go back to the library and print off this pixelated Facebook profile photo and put it on top of my resume. And I'm just like passing them out trying to get a server job. And I stopped at a place called Malibu Fish Grill. And I sat at the bar with my little fake ID. And I met Sheena. And Sheena's like, are you looking for a job? And I was like, oh, yes, please. So she got me hooked up at Sir. And that's where Jason and I met. Um, We met on Gay Pride. And then we ended up moving away. And years later, we left LA. We moved to Thailand and New York. Years later, we came back. And Jason got a job at Pump like the first day. And then they were opening TomTom. And he's like, do you want a job at TomTom? And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if the Toms will remember me. But they did. And we we started working. We didn't start YouTube and the podcast until um, the pandemic hit. Oh, oh my God. That's really, really interesting. So, I mean, I, I think the assumption is like everyone who applies for a job at Sir or Pomper or just works there, like wants to be on the show. Was that ever like a, a goal of for either of you? So no. they oh, actually, no. but yeah, yeah, they've reached out to us now three times. We denied every time. We're like, no, reality TV is not for us. I talked to Sheena about it. Like, I just feel like I don't want to show like the good is fun because we can control that on YouTube and in the podcasting world and whatever the case is. But I don't want to show the bad and the ugly. I don't want to go on a reality show. And then all of a sudden you have one just shitty drunk moment where it's like they're over serving you. And then all of a sudden you're just like that disaster meme. You know what I mean? Well, relationships yeah. don't always do well on reality TV, especially Vanderpump Rules as we're seeing. So that was one thing that we were kind of and you don't get paid hesitant about. The first time I actually auditioned for the show, it was for season two. And I was, still had a girlfriend at the time because oh. I was trying to figure out life. <laughs> I just moved from Tennessee and I was like, I have a girlfriend. And she was like runner up Miss California who was working as a host there. And then she's like, you know, let's go with this narrative. And we were kind of hanging out, but I was like, this is weird. It doesn't feel right. And then on the day of the interview, I found out that she hooked up with Jax. And I'm like, fuck this. I can't do this shit. This is annoying. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be my beard and you're over here screwing this guy. What What's going on? So, you know, what's so funny is because I managed pump and when we would get like a bartender or a server, my, my first question was always, you know, do you know who Lisa Vanderpump is? Do you watch the show? I think out of the dozens of interviews I've done, and I don't know why specifically at pump this happened. No one knew. No one. But I hear when people go to Sir or when we were hiring for Tom Tom, everybody knew the show. Why pump? I I don't know. Because it was strange. That's, that's really interesting. But you yeah. know where where there would be a better show 
is right. pump. I promise yes. that group of people that has been there for well, so long, group. everyone with left all, after the pandemic. all of the, the cattiness that happens. And if, you know, if you want to show what West Hollywood is all about, there's, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting place to be at for sure. But we're rooting for, we're rooting for them. And I heard that uh, Schwartz and Sandy right now, they're gearing up for a new show for their bar. So I'm curious oh, cool. to see how true this would be. One of my friends, um, his roommate just auditioned for it, which that's the thing is like, if you're auditioning for the show, the reason Vanderpump Rules was so successful in the beginning was because they were like this big incestuous friend group that actually knew each other. But now if we're going to take a bunch of randoms and stick them together, I, I'm curious to see how that would work. Wait, I feel like we like glossed over the fact that you guys said no to it. And like also because you wanted to save, like preserve your relationship. That's really sweet. I just wanted to say that. That's very, very sweet. Oh, no, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, I you mean, know, I feel like there's so many guys in LA, especially gay guys in LA who would be like, sign me up, like fuck the relationship. I want to be famous. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that would not have been good. But we did make a mutual decision because after... I, I mean, I'm not going to lie right before the um, pandemic and all of that. We did do an interview because we we're like, let's just see. It's been like seven years for me or six years for me since the last time. Maybe some things have changed. And after we did the interview and went through some of the questions and had them kind of almost sit you down like you're in a confessional at Sir, then Jason did it. I did it. And we went over to Tortilla Republic next door and we had a margarita and we talked about it. And we're like, if we get asked you know, to do a second interview... There's no way. And then we got reached out to for a second interview and we just said, no. I was like, I'm going to kill this this interview for Vanderpump Rules. This is going to be great. I was like a cold stone rock. I, I just answered yes or no. Adam went in there and I got to watch him do his like confessional like interview thing. And you were killing it. I was such a cocky was, bitch, but I... I'm not going to lie. That's what I didn't like about it. It made me so... Ca- they asked me about people and I'm like, this bitch, but... I brandy Glanville's before I went in because I was nervous and I started taking shots. Remember, your mom was with us, Jason, which is so yeah. funny because it's like <laughs> Evan's Paris Hilton story, except definitely not as cool. But Jason's mom was with us and I was like, I'm going to take a shot. And then I had a glass of champagne before and I'm like, God, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, I can't keep drinking. And then I went in there for the interview and I was like, let's fucking do this. And they were like, oh my God, that was great. And I'm like, I can't wow. just sit here and get wasted. I'm going to look like Kristen Doty. And I love her, but I cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is so interesting just knowing the whole story but also interesting because i feel like for so long we've been waiting for full-time gay cast members on vanderpump rules so i love that you said no for for your own personal reasons but like it's kind of kind of gives me chills to know that you guys could have been the groundbreaking gay stars well actually to be rules. fair we have one of my friends um you might know him um his name's jojo and oh he, he's he's on it right yeah, yeah. He's featured a little bit but what happened was he always runs around and i love jojo like obsessed with jo- he's so much fun a big personality he used to dance at the abbey i don't know if he does now he hosts like a lot of events in west hollywood and he would come in and think that he knew what they were asking for on the show so he'd be like ew and start jumping up on the table and twerking and stuff and they're like no we need this to be like kind of natural and he's like this is me eh natural like sticking his tongue and they're like no because i think they got really excited that jojo would be the first mm-hmm. you know breakout gay cast member but it, it just didn't work out that way i feel like there's other cast members on that show that might have gay tendencies though so maybe they do have one i don't uh- know <laughs> <laughs> i love the cast i love the cast. I, I can't complain about anybody and the one person i could complain about got fired so i'm good yeah, good and stuff. it's not Stassi, well, guys. It's not Stassi. It's not Stassi. And they don't pay you, by the way. They don't pay you your first season. You don't make a... You. It's almost like your audition season. And then, you know, the next season, you kind of get a little bit more than pennies. It's not to like season three and four that you're on that you start really making the bucks. That's so crazy. And then I feel like if... So like, say like you did say yes to doing that first season and you're making no money. In addition to putting in all those hours filming the show, you probably also would feel this pressure to like hustle and get those brand partnerships. And like, then you're spread so thin. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound so fun. (laughs) No, that's why. So I don't know if you remember, but Max Boyens who joined season eight. Yeah. He was, so he was my manager 
And he would come in, he would film all day, or sometimes his, you know, the man, one of the other managers would have to cover for him at night. And then he would come in at night after filming all day and he'd be like, oh, I've been filming all day. And I'm like, at least you're getting paid. And that's when I found out that I think he got somewhere like around $3,000 for the entire season. And then he's like, shit, you know, but it's going, it's in the long run, this is going to work out and be good for me because he, really was genuinely best friends with the Toms and he's going over to their $2 million homes and he's like, oh, this this is what I could eventually have. But then of course, Q, pandemic, tweets, resurfacing and, you know. Hollywood expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Adam, I feel like Evan needs to go pack for BravoCon and yeah. <laughs> and get ready to go. <laughs> I feel like we could sit here and talk Evan's head off forever. Like, at I first know. This was asking Evan questions, and I'm like, oh, you now we have an audience time. and we're just talking. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had the best time. This was like the, the best break from work ever. Well, thank you, Evan. We really appreciate you, and we will definitely, um, I'll text you about BravoCon because I'm so curious and we can figure out Saturday night at Tom's. Okay. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a lot of, and there's, then there's like a bunch of like offshoot stuff happening, like a bunch of like, like Bravo creator parties. Like there's like, it's, it's almost like too much, but yeah. Y'all let me know what you're doing because you're probably doing something more fun than I am. I feel like I'm going to be stuck inside the job at center. Evan, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Hey, yeah, of course. Bye guys. Okay. Adam, what do you want to bitch about today? Oh, well, that is so sweet of you to ask me that, Jason, as if I always have something that I would like to bitch about. Well, it is a segment in our show, (laughs) so I must ask. Well, I actually, I was thinking about this and I'm like, what is something that's kind of pissing me off lately? Like something that's really annoying to me. And I don't like to live in this negative headspace. So instead, I wanted to focus on people who do. And that's what I want to bitch about today. I don't know if you've noticed, there's this Hulu show that I've been watching while I'm out and about or I listen to. And it's about these TikTokers. They're called the D'Amelios or something like that. It's two sisters. They're two sisters, Charlie and Dixie. They got TikTok famous over the pandemic. And this docu-series, this reality show, follows them through their everyday life, navigating their new fame and everything that comes with it. Right? So we're watching them. And their main goal going into season two was to not cry as much. And when they're crying, and I don't want to sit here and act like, you know, I have no sympathy or like I'm picking on anyone, but they're constantly crying about the fact that they have to post about products, they get paid to post, they have to do social media, and they have to go to work. I wonder how much they get paid to post. Are we talking Kim Kardashian money? Are we talking, you know, I mean, listen, the only way... I know who the I think it's Charlie Demilio. I hope I'm saying that right. It's the last name that gets me. The only way I know her is because I followed a YouTuber a long time ago named Hiram Skincare by Hiram, and he did a skincare session with her. And I'm like, wow, who is this girl? Let me check her out. Then when you know they said, well, she's a TikToker. I'm like, well, I'm too old for this. Like, (laughs) I don't know any TikTokers. No, but the thing is, I I believe they get paid six figures per post because collectively the the two sisters have over 120 million followers. So they get paid a lot, right? They're not getting paid Kim Kardashian money. I don't think where they get a million dollars per post. But the point is... A million dollars per post? That's what Kim and Kylie get. Is that a Kim Kardashian... That's how much it costs for Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner to post is a million dollars. And get this... Because Kris Jenner puts a clause in the contract and she does not want you to wreck her daughter's feeds, of course, post only stays up for a week. What? One week. So you're paying a million dollars, but that post is not staying up more than seven days. To be fair, if you pay, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to put a billboard up, it eventually has to come down. Right. I mean, listen, I guess you're right. Instagram is more of an advertising magazine now than it is sharing memories with friends. Yeah, this shit is not Facebook anymore. But my whole rant, you know, about this was the simple fact that you and I grew up very with very humble lifestyles, very like you can say it, Adam, poor. No, (laughs) I've never I don't think you've ever experienced like your family being super wealthy, vice versa. Like it just everyone we come from a very working class. My dad still works his ass off to this day. 
over 80 hours a week climbing telephone poles. My mom had three kids. Yeah, my mom had three kids with three different jobs on her feet all day, has a metal rod in her leg. And you don't hear my parents complain about working, right? They just know in order to pay the bills, in order to put food on the table, you have to work. So it almost makes me wonder like, these social media influencers and people who are coming up in today's time with Instagram who are just bitching about posting. And it's like, I have to do a post this week and I'm going to get paid six figures. Like, what the fuck are you crying about? Well, I know they're not crying about sore muscles because you don't have to lift a lot to do this work. But for social media influencers now, especially ones like these very famous TikTokers and how they're growing up thinking this is work, you know, hopefully they are financially being sound with with the money they're making. So it will last a long time because this isn't normal. This is not how the rest of the world operates. This is not how young adults of this age are actually making their money. It's a very it's very few and far between. And I do have to say, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate. You love to do that. I'm gonna play it this time. I love you know, devil's you and advocate. I are on YouTube. We are podcasting. I spent 10 hours in front of a computer with strenuous, what I think is strenuous work now. It's very mentally uh, exhausting. We're talking to people all the time. When we're not sitting in front of a computer, we're trying to book interviews. We're trying to uh, do emails and I get exhausted. And I have to remind myself sometimes when I speak to some of my friends who don't get to sit in front of a computer all day, bibble babbling like we are right now, that it isn't that exhausting, but it, it, it is. It's a different trade. It's, you know? a different it's a different kind different of trade. exhaustion, but also you have to remember, and this is where I wanted to go with this, how fortunate you are. We are so fortunate to do this and talk about, we're bitching about people bitching about being on social media. You know what I mean? Like this is a dream job and I'm so grateful every single day. And yes, does everyone hit a certain level of exhaustion? Yes, but you never... I complain when I'm not putting out content. I complain when I'm not working. Like I'm such an anxious person. We were sitting at breakfast this morning and my knee is shaking and Jason's like, you need to go record. And I was like, yes, it's almost 11 a.m. I haven't put out a video yet. I mean, at this point, it's an addiction. It's like, (laughs) okay, so maybe I have a different problem. But to answer your question, I was Googling while you were playing your devil's advocate. And the sisters, these two TikTok sisters, they get paid $100,000 per sponsored post on TikTok. And collectively, they're worth over $25 million. Mind you, wow. they're literally like just around the age of like 18. And on the show, they're buying $5 million homes. Like it's crazy to me. Well, and then it kind of got their out in them. my opinion. This is... If you are getting paid to be a social media influencer, this is how people know your name. You're charging $100,000 a post. You're worth $25 million. You're probably taking care of your entire family. Is it not worth it to feel some kind of exhaustion? Listen, I wish companies would be like, hey, here's some skincare. We're going to give you $100,000. Go ahead and do a fun no, video. You on have it. to watch the show because they have, they're sitting around like a board meeting for these girls. And there's like 10 to 12 people, social media content creators, brand ambassador people who like, put together these deals, people who are managing their schedules, there's assistants, their parents are like mom and dadagers, like they make sure that they get to where they need to get to, they travel with them. It's like, yes, I can understand, you know, you and I being fucking exhausted, because we don't have a team, we do everything together. So social media, Twitter, Instagram, now a podcast that we added to our play. Editing, booking, everything you could possibly think of. Travel, YouTube. Now we're going to BravoCon to cover things. So we're flying back and forth. You know, we have to fly somebody in to watch our animals, which normally is my mom or your mom. But we handle all of that. And there's just two of us. And I understand your schedules are a little bit more wild, but there are different tiers of this social media influence and what influencers are and what they do. And even at this point, Adam, we're almost about to hire somebody because we can't keep up. So I can only imagine if it is providing you know, a stable paycheck for people, for family members, for employees. 
it's a great it technically this is a great thing i would love to have a whole staff that we could pay very well and take care of i would love to take care of our family completely like you know these girls are able to do i mean now they have a hulu show i i can only imagine the, the kind of publicity and things that's bringing to them as well but right there is you know there are different tiers and it does require a team sometime playing devil's advocate again that's all i'm saying but i do understand what you're saying when someone is crying literally from exhaustion you got to think about their age too and do you know how old they are i think they're like 16 and 18 or something like that listen oh, i don't listen, have to think about their age because i had two jobs when i was 15 so no i don't have to think about your age yeah, i worked you at had panera two jobs at and i was bagging groceries like where you didn't have to put yourself in front of a camera every day i mean listen i'm not saying that this is this oh is, if you're asking for something no on this listen one, i'm just saying giving it to all you. of the social media is toxic we just talked about this last episode with ryan bailey it is toxic for a kid. So I'm sure they're getting it from from every end. I'm trying to defend them here a little bit, but also I'm trying my whole I'm, thing I'm is, also having a hard time because I'm thinking about, you know, some of our friends or even your mom who's worked two or three jobs to keep herself afloat, or my mom who's worked two or three jobs to keep themselves afloat. I I yeah, it, this is hard to to really justify feeling. So I sorry. guess we just have to trying to understand it. I just think that people, especially when you have that level of just influence and you're that incredibly blessed it's like change your mindset life is not over and contrary to what some people might think these sort of careers unless you're like madonna they don't last forever you don't stay relevant for a long time i mean no. Perez hilton did an hour interview with me where all he did was tell me about how nobody will be relevant and how he was the number one you know what i mean it was just like that conversation was exhausting i mean he's not wrong how many clicks is he getting on his website now compared to let's say when he was hot Right. Well, but I also think it's the way he navigated and he trashed like every celebrity and you are navigating in a negative way on your platform. So people were like, I'm sick of listening to you. So that's different. But I think for them, it's just all about not just for TikTokers or people who are posting on social media. I think when you're incredibly blessed, sometimes you have to take a step back. And I know everyone has their own level of exhaustion, but take a step back and think about people who are working not just nine to five, but nine to five and then going to their second job and working from seven till 12 o'clock at night. You know, think about those people who are working their asses off, people who are unloading crates to put them in big warehouses like Costco, people who are sitting in these hot ass, you know, factories and they're sweating their asses off. Our people truckers who we've seen when, when trucking stops in this country, things get very expensive. Or they, and know, they don't so get to see their family and they have to be, you know, taken away for months road. at a time. People who yes. are in the military... Like, th just think about it from a bigger perspective outside of your own. And I, that's I mean, listen, when you put that into perspective, you know, they're not in a war zone. Right. <laughs> the only thing they're battling is which filter they're going to use, I guess. But I, yeah, I, I do understand that. But do you think these girls specifically, because the Kardashians have done a good job. This is going to be the only compliment I'm giving the Kardashians oh, of staying relevant. They do stay relevant. They have a following. TikTokers, I've seen come and go. Instagrammers, I've seen come and go. Do How I think long they'll stick around? That's what I was going to ask. What is the longevity for the Demalios? I don't necessarily Demelios, think that. Demelios, Demelios. At this point, I mean, we know who they are. But I don't necessarily think that there will be a lot of longevity with TikTok, only because, I don't know if you remember... But there was that app called Vine that was very similar. Court. I loved Vine. Yeah. And then there I were the really Vine famous it. people. I worked with a guy named Matt Cutshaw and he worked with me at Sir. And he mm -hmm. became Vine famous and was making so much money to the point where he actually left and did it the right way. Cause I, I didn't realize like people actually put in two weeks' notices and stuff. And that's how they leave a job. Like I always just quit. And he did it the Depends right way. Depends on the job. <laughs> yeah. He took his two weeks and I was like, Hey man, you're leaving. Where are you going? He's like, bro, I'm officially Vine famous. Like I'm getting paid ten thousand dollars per post, and I'm doing like ten posts a week. And I'm like, Tim, a hundred thousand dollars a week you're making? But then it didn't last that long. So once Vine sort of came to an end, that being Vine famous, well, it's not there anymore. But I believe he invested his money, and he still does very well. But for TikTok, I think it's. It's a phase. I think too, you know, for people who have, for certain people who have never, let's say, seen money or made this money, 
sometimes it's easy to spend. I've done this before. When I started performing with Cirque du Soleil and I was making a great money, I spent a lot of my money. And it wasn't until like my 30s where I was like, I could have been investing all of this money I'm making yeah. and I wouldn't have to push work and struggle that hard. I wonder if they do have a good team around them. I know the Kardashians do, but you know, some of these newer Instagram famous people, some of the new TikTokers, it is a great way to make money. But once you make that money, make sure it makes money for you for right. the future. Someone told me this the other day. I was talking to my dad because he had someone that he worked with and his friend inherited $4 million. And I guess for every $4 million that you have in your savings account, which apparently these two sisters collectively have $20 million, $25 million. Jesus. Right. So for every $4 million that you have in your account, you can spend $90,000 a year, right? And not touch that money. So let's just say 25 divided by 4. Because of interest? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because of interest. So that means that they can spend a little over $562,000 a year collectively and never touch their money, which is wild. But I guess what happens is as you make more money, that lifestyle gets more. You get, you know, you're paying for better hotels, more security. I don't know, but my, it's just, this is wild. I'm done bitching about it. What what was the point of your bitch session? Are we just comparing, we're comparing the spoiled young that social media just, influencers to people who actually have hardworking jobs. Was that the, the point? No, of the it's just session? like quit crying about making a fuck ton of money and just realize how <laughs> incredibly blessed you are. And just know that there are other people out there who are listening to this right now who just got off of a 12-hour shift standing on their feet all day. You know, you're have, only you're only as happy as you want to be. It is right. Most of the time, it is a choice. Right. And when I, you're making that much money, I mean I'd be. It's hard to listen to. It's hard to listen to complaining about. Oh my god! I have to post this photo today with this Dove deodorant, and I'm going to get paid like a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. But it's just like it's not giving me any meaning. And no shit. You think a lot of people who are checking into their nine to fives, they feel like some of those jobs are giving them a lot of meaning. No, half the time they probably hate it, but. They're making money. I think they just get into a depression because they're spending so much time talking to a fucking camera that they're not being well, around people b- besides their team. You know, it's like, oh, God, my life. It's like, go work at a restaurant. Go yeah. go have some, get out, get away from the computer, get away from the phone as we sit here and, you know, we're on the computer all day. Phone. I don't know what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hypocrisy is real. The hypocrisy is real all over the, the world. The all point the time. of the bitch session is just to say, sometimes step outside of yourself and realize how blessed you are in whatever aspects of your life, especially when you're at that level that they are. And just realize when you're complaining, it's very unrelatable. Not a lot of people can relate to that. So just seek out the positive, live every day like it's your last, enjoy it, and just be fucking positive that is it that is my whole chopra over here giving some advice okay with that that, i'm done with you but you guys know we're so excited we've been doing this podcast and it's been so much fun it's totally different than you know youtube and other platforms that we're on so if you guys are enjoying yourselves then make sure you give us some more topics let's continue the conversations go to info at hotmessypodcast.com right make sure they email Send us an email. I made it sound like it's a website, but make sure you send an email. And then if you enjoy listening, drop a review, a rating. It's free. I mean, listen, go back to the email really quick because we're serious about this and we've gotten a lot of great emails. But do include your name. Do include where you're from. Give us a topic. Uh, join in on the conversation on things you have heard or send us a question that we can answer um, on air because I think that'd be a lot of fun. That's info at hotmessypodcast.com. And Adam's not wrong. If you're enjoying this, Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Drop us a review. We really appreciate it. That's what keeps us going. But if that's not your thing, we are available everywhere. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart. I mean, anything you could think of. And if you want to see the video versions, just like clips and snippets, you can also go to Hot Messy Podcast on YouTube where you can see us while we're having the conversation and not just listen to it. I mean, I don't know if you want to do that or not, but I did want to add to this. I am trying so hard, you guys. If you do know me from our other platform, Up and Adam, 
I'm trying so hard to navigate away from Bravo and sometimes it's such a challenge. So thank you for bearing with us. We love talking about pop culture and I'm trying to keep away from Bravo. Well, we will hold you accountable, Adam. No yes. more Bravo. Oh, I know you That's will. enough Bravo for this rant, actually. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. I love you guys. Have, love you guys. Have a great weekend and we will see you all next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.